0: Welcome back, Siege of New Hampshire listeners. Thanks for your patience while I took a little time off for Christmas. I hope you had a good Christmas, too. Soon it will be time to launch into Book 2 of the series, Siege Fall. As you recall from Book 1, there was a very widespread power grid failure. Martin decided to walk home, but encountered Susan on his way. Despite the troubles they endured along their way, they finally made it to Martin's home in New Hampshire. As I mentioned in my interview with Todd Sepulveda, the genesis of book one was my imagining what things would look like if I did have to walk home from where I worked in Boston. Yes, I enhanced the story by adding Susan and some action. I mean, just walking for three days would be kind of boring. In fact, I used to imagine my journey from Boston as I lay in bed trying to go to sleep. It was boring. It put me to sleep. When I got the idea to write it all down and make a book out of it. I knew I'd need to fill out the story with some other characters. I didn't want the main character just thinking things in his head all the time. He needed someone he could talk to. I needed a little action, etc. So I did all that. When I got to the end of chapter 14 and Martin had successfully made it home, I thought, ta-da, mission accomplished. I kind of thought I was done. I mean, I got him home. End of story, right? A couple of people that I had beta reading the story for me asked what happens next. that got me to wondering what would happen next? I mean, yea, he got home o okay, k, but the power is still out, and the stores and gas stations 'd still be empty. What would people do then, just because your home doesn't make everything roses and clover? What would the characters do to cope with this new normal then too. I'd created a sticky situation for Martin in that he brought home an attractive single woman. Sure, he's faithfully married, but he's human. And the three days of adventure with Susan had awakened something that he never imagined that he'd have to deal with. I ended book one with the words, Two hens in a nest, he was doomed. But what would doom look like? When people asked what happened next, it was a good question. What would it be like to be in a grid-down situation with a more or less unexpected stranger houseguest? There would be an air of permanence about things. I mean, you can put up with just about anyone for a few days, knowing that they'll go home soon, but what if they can't? Then, too, came the realization that as much as Martin, Margaret, and Susan are having to cope with a grid-down world, so would everyone else around them. Neighbors would have to deal with each other in a way that they didn't have to before. It's been a growing part of our culture, really ever since the 1920s and 30s, when automobile ownership became more common, that people use that greater mobility to associate with whoever they want and tune out or ignore whomever they don't want. People have friends that are 20 miles away, but they don't even know the people across their street. If there was something about those people across the street that we didn't care for, we could just ignore them and go drive and visit the people we do like. But part of a widespread grid-down event would be limitations on travel. If you can't gas up your car, you can't drive 20 miles to go visit your friend. You'd be stuck with your neighbors, even the ones you didn't much care for. Neighborhoods would become much more like old-style villages, with a mix of people that you liked and some not so much you'd still have to deal with them anyway. This is the world that Martin made it home to. Watch for the posting of Chapter 1 of Book 2, Siege Fall, in a few days. Thanks as always for listening.